Okay, kids, it's time for another episode of the Fueled by Weird podcast, the only podcast now featuring kaiju smashing kung fu grip. I'm Chris Daly, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with my friend, creator of Monster Matador, Stephen Prince. Stephen, how's it going this morning? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Doing good, yeah, and glad to have you. I've been meaning to, you know, you and I have kind of been online friends for a little while now, and we've kind of tried to set something yeah. up like this, but it's never really worked out. So I'm glad that it's finally we're finally able to talk for the first time. That's yeah, pretty yeah. awesome. All right, so yeah, yeah. you yeah, usually fun. on, yeah. It, so, it's good, good to see the bird, the beard in person, dude. It's only part of it, man. Like it goes like clear down. It's so long. Oh wow, oh, yeah. <laughs> The window's not big enough. <laughs> All right. So usually with these things, I like to start it off with a bit of an icebreaker question. So uh, your icebreaker question today is going to be, if you could read a book again for the first time, what book would it be? Wow. Um, book, book? <laughs> I, I would say... Uh, or or if you, gosh, you can do you graphic know, novel, uh, you can do really any kind of book. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'll, I, I, I'll do, uh, well, since we're talking comics, I'll, I'll do a, a, a comic book, but uh, okay. The Invisibles. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's a book that, that you know, at the time it was coming out to, it was, um, uh, it, it, it was, it, it, it was such a journey, I guess, of discovery because uh, Morrison, the way he writes, he, he, it, it's not just the story, but he's name dropping all these things and, all these authors and you kind of go on that journey with the book and start seeking all that other stuff out with it. Um, and it was just this really, really great reading experience because it, 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 uh, it opened up worlds beyond, you know, the book or beyond things that I had been, uh, aware of. I mean, I was probably, uh, you know, 18 or 19 when I started reading that book. Uh, so it's kind of like the perfect age, to, you know, as you're starting to really get out in the world and, and discover the world. And and it takes you down this rabbit hole of like, you know, all these fun, crazy conspiracies and, you know, uh, just this wackiness and, and stuff. And, and it's funny because I, I, I've tried to uh, to pick it up again and read it again. It doesn't quite have that same that same pull uh, yeah. because you've already kind of been there, done that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that one was a lot of fun. The the other one as, as a book book. I mean, there's a lot, but uh, the one that really stands out is uh, probably and it's been a while since I've read it, but uh, probably Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I I think I read that kind of coming out of high school or something, and it was just again one of those things where I, I had never uh, experienced or read anything like that, just in terms of the style and the way it was written um probably read that around the time pulp fiction came out and stuff so it was just this kind of again this new way of seeing um uh creativity and how it can how it can be expressed you know yeah that makes sense so yeah i think for me if i had to pick and i'll i'll do like you i'll do a novel and i'll do a graphic novel i'd say for my novel i'd probably have to say ready player one <clears throat> oh that's cool go a little bit newer it's kind of a hard choice for me but that'll be one i can think yeah. of off the top of my head because it had a lot of really i mean some of the references were a little old for me to really remember back from when they were new not very many of them 
because I don't think yeah, yeah. I don't think Ernest <laughs> Klein is that much older than me. And I'm yeah. I'm a lot of people think I'm younger than I am. So there's a yeah. lot of stuff that was a little over my head when it came to, you know, actual reference. But there was quite a bit of that stuff yeah. that really kind of hit home and was, you know, nostalgic yeah. to my childhood. So that was that was kind of a fun book that every time I've reread it, because I've I've read the audiobook because Will Wheaton audit he narrates the audiobook. Okay. And it's it's fantastic. So every time it hits a little bit different, but it's not ever quite, you know, like you said, the same as the very first time. Yeah, that 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 book hits all the all the right <laughs> all the right, right buttons. Yeah. It, hit, it hits all the all the warm fuzzy spots. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a, a graphic novel. I'm gonna go a little bit newer on that one as well. And I want to say the last Ronin, Teenage Mutant okay. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I'm yeah, not gonna. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. I don't know if you've read it or not. Have you read it? I have. Yeah, okay. yeah I've read it. Yeah. So I'm not going to spoil it for the people who haven't read it, which if you haven't read it, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's an incredible book. But Good. just, you know, the reveal at the end of who it was, was yeah. was kind of perfect. Because um, yeah. you can make cases for any of them. But the fact that it was him kind of makes perfect sense. Yeah. So it was just, it you know, it grabbed you. And it kind of kept you. And I, yeah, it was definitely a very emotional book. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a good book. I, I had been reading uh, because Comixology has them on Unlimited or whatever, but the, just the original Eastman and Layard stuff. And then yeah. I kind of jumped into Last Ronin. It was a really nice, um, uh, it, it, it it's an interesting book how they you know yeah. like those original ones it's not it's you know because you're so used to ninja turtles um like the movies and everything and you realize like it was really like a very uh human uh, you know hurt human but turtles you know it was really a very uh character driven um especially as 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 it went along so so the yeah the last ronin was um was really good yeah those idw turtle books are so yeah. good they're so good yeah yeah <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, for Fuel Your Weird, or for Fueled by Weird, you know, it's kind of a something I kind of, a term that I kind of made up where basically the things that you're into and the things that you're interested in are the things that feel who you are, feel what makes you weird. So when you're not writing, what's some of the stuff that you're interested in that that you like to do? Uh, sleeping. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big movie buff. Uh, okay. I love I love watching I love movies. Um, I mean, I I really like you know I I really like writing and watching movies. <laughs> That's kind of like my perfect day. Right on. Um, you know, I mean, I, obviously my family and things like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, COVID kind of messed everything up for everyone, and I'm still kind of trying to. I mean, I love playing sports. I love playing like softball, things like that. But I it's. Yeah. I haven't in a while because things are even now still kind of slowly getting back to normal. Uh, plus yeah. I hurt my back. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I just like, I like stories. In general. That's fair. What's, what's a movie you watched recently that you really liked? Oh, uh, I, I've been, uh, well, last night I just watched uh, the executioner, which is a Sonny Chiba. Okay. Uh, Sonny Chiba movie is a, a, for those listening, if you're not familiar, is a, um, he was kind of like 
uh, billed as the Japanese Bruce Lee. And okay. Very influ very influential to Quentin Tarantino, and nice. uh, you can see a lot of where uh, the influence kind of uh, comes from, uh, who he draws from. Um, you know, Kill Bill is is, is very much influenced by uh, those kinds of movies. Uh, I saw the Indiana Jones movie um, last week. Was it? Yeah, which I I, I enjoyed it. Um, God, I, it's like I watch so many movies I can't even remember uh, <laughs> what I watch. You know, yeah, there's a lot of good um, stuff out there. Yeah, there's 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 just so much, and, and I watch like everything, so I just get kind of like overwhelmed. I don't even know what to talk about. You know? That's okay. Um, well, yeah, yeah. What we'll do then is we'll switch gears. You know, you said you spend a lot of time doing writing, and you, um, in addition to watching movies, what was it yeah. uh, that got you into writing in the first place? Uh, well, I, I should clarify, I spend a lot of time procrastinating. Uh, well, see, that's part of the writing process. That's that's yeah, very important. Um, what got me into writing? You know, when I, so here's here's the thing. When I when I was a kid, I went to uh, a religious school. Okay. And uh, I, I was really, I was probably in nursery, kindergarten. I used to act out on the playground, you know, like He-Man or Superman, whatever. And the teachers told my uh, my parents, no comics, <laughs> you know, don't let them read comics, you know, car limit cartoons, whatever. So I really, I, I remember when I was a kid, they they like used to sign me up for like, I was like seven or eight years old, they signed me up for classes at like the community college. I grew up in Brooklyn, uh, Kings, uh, oh my God, Kingsborough Community College. Had like magic classes and things like that. So, I mean, I did watch some cartoons, but like, it was pretty limited. So I kind of had to make up stories in my head, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so that's kind of where it all started. And um, I think I was probably eight or nine. I got a subscription to mad magazine. Oh, so nice. I started putting together, I started putting together like doing my own mad magazines for my friends. Um, I would do like little comic strips and uh, you know, fake advertisements and things like that. That's awesome. Uh, so it all started from there. So it really all kind of, is the fault of the teachers who told my parents, you know, <laughs> don't let him. Because my grandfather would bring me comics, and I remember I would get them, and I, we had a library, like, uh, shelves in the hallway, and I would, I would put them there. And then the next day, they were, you know, they would just be gone the next time I would go to, like, read them, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I really, it, it I, I had to do it all in my head. That was really for... Uh, um, you know, the only way I could get that kind of media at the time, uh, you know, I, I would probably watch like, you know, one episode of G.I. Joe week, a He-Man, you know, whatever, you know, a couple hours on Saturday morning. And that was it. I had friends who would watch it nonstop. And I, I used to work in the toy industry and, uh, you know, we had cartoons on and the cartoon would be on at like 530 in the morning. And and I'm like, who who watches? And I guess kids are up at like 5.36 in the morning watching cartoons. And I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, I never knew that was really a thing. I always, you know, so. But that's, how, I mean, that that's kind of where it all, all started. And, and I would, uh, in class, when I had assignments, I would write stories. I actually found the story that I wrote in, uh, I think it was first grade. It was called The Survivors. And it was basically Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom uh but me and my friends okay so i've always been i've always been kind of there it's always been like an outlet i've always kind of 
it's always been an outlet. And, you know, over time, obviously you get older, you realize that, um, that that's a thing. And I had, you know, teachers that encouraged me and things like that, but nice. yeah. So. Right on. So when it comes to, um, coming up with ideas of what to write about, you know, where, where do your, you, where do you generate your ideas from? <laughs> no, it, you know, I mean, it's, you know, people talk about, it, it's like a sponge, you know, um, like I, you know, monster matador is, is like something that's like, I I've always, as a kid been kind of, uh, into matadors because my grandfather had gotten me a matador cap. Um, I've always had it. So I've always been kind of into it. Um, there was a Peter Sellers movie called the Bobo, which he plays a singing matador, um, that I've always loved. And, and anyway, but like, you know, monster matador came up, it was just from word association. I had a sketchbook and I was just sketching and, uh, I, I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to create a character, you know, like challenging myself or setting an exercise. And uh, I, 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 know, I, I know I had just watched that movie again, that that Peter Sellers one. So Matador and then, you know, Monster, Monster Matador. And it just kind of goes from there. Um, so it's, it's and a lot of it is, is kind of, it, it's subconscious. I could tell you where it all comes from, but it's not like a conscious, a conscious thing. Like once you get in, once, once I sort of get into the groove of, of writing, it all just kind of comes out. But uh, a lot of it goes back to uh, from when I was a kid uh, because I used to have to play the stories in my head, right? Like the cartoons yeah. in my head. Mm -hmm. And that's just something that has kind of just become my process and ingrained where it just kind of like it's in my head, you know, like it just I, I kind of just like let it play out and I let the characters kind of talk and and do their thing and I just follow it and and things just kind of open up from there it's a really weird process I wish there were like a better way to <laughs> to to grasp it because it's almost like you know it's you know back in the old days they would say it was like you know witchcraft or something um and every writer has a different process you know I yeah. I have friends who are sc screenwriters other kinds of writers and you know one of the big things I know a lot of people do are like uh note cards and they write scenes on note cards and they post it all over their wall and I, I, I can't do that. I don't know. I don't, right. Um, my process is very different, but everyone has a different process, but a lot of it is like, it's like weight training. You know, I, people say, you know, write every day, do this every day. It's the same thing. You know, you're basically training your muscle, your brain muscle, you know, to the point where it becomes like a natural kind of thing. And to the point where it is kind of like magic, you know what I mean? Yeah in a way because because you're letting your kind of your body you're, you're letting your brain do all the heavy lifting you know uh so you don't yeah. have to stress out about it um but a lot of it too is just you know uh it's like different exercises like when i'm coming up with a story it's you know what do i want the theme to be what do i want the story about and then you just kind of build from there you know yeah um i i, I think you know sometimes you kind of see people who are trying to write or they're, they're looking for the big idea and they're starting with like, you know, um, uh, the big picture and the, uh, you know, all the details and whatever, and they get overwhelmed because, you know, stories have so many connecting parts, but if you start with just, you know, the character, all that stuff kind of falls into place as you're, as you're doing it, you know? Yeah. 
um, anyway, that's no, that's good. Um, and that makes sense. You know, I was talking with um, Rich Dueck yesterday. He's a comic book oh, yeah. writer, and he we yeah, are yeah. kind of talking about that same thing. Where you know, enabled in order to write, you know, consistently, it's it's like you're training your you like like you're training for a marathon where you have to run. You can't just run and start running a marathon. You have to, you know, work your way up and slowly build up that yeah. muscle. So it's something you have to continually build or it's going to atrophy. And then, you know, it just kind of isn't there. So in order to be able to write, you have to continually be reading or doing something to work out that muscle. So it keeps, so it keeps fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, people say write every day. I don't, I don't write every day. I don't have the time. I wish I, right. I wish they, but it, but it's, 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 if I'm not right. And, and, but you know, I, I shouldn't say that because part of writing too is, is it's the thinking it's, it's just, you know, writing down ideas. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, you know, uh, you know, I have a notebook and it's all just, I, I, I have a weird thing where I kind of write in circles. Okay. <laughs> I'll start in one place and I go, but it's, but everything. And it, and it looks like a, like, like a crazy, like, uh, you know, like in the movies where they have the crazy person and there's all these pictures on the wall, there's all those arrows and connections, <laughs> but that's how I write, you know, because, sure. you know, I'll, I'll start with something and then, you know, this thing leads to that, that thing leads to that, this thing leads to that. And then you just sort of like, you know, you figure, you know, you put it all together. Um, yeah. because you know, I mean, like, what do they say? There's only like seven plots in the world. I mean, yeah. I, you know, monster matador is about a guy who fights monsters, right? That's it. It's, yeah, you know, at, at the core, that that's the, obviously there's a lot more going on there, but that's that's the right. writing, you know. But once you have the idea of okay, you know, the basic, basic, simplest, uh, the simplest way you can break it down, you know, break down your idea to the simplest thing, which is Matador fights monsters. That's your A, right? Or your A is Matador. Your you know whatever Z is is fights monsters, and now it's just a matter of like okay. What steps is he going to take? And that's your story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I think a lot of times everyone's trying to, people are trying to figure out the middle part first, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets overwhelmed. But if you know where you're going and you know where you're starting and you know what your basic concept is, you know, then you can start your journey. It's like something like Lord of the Rings, right? Is, you know, put the ring, <laughs> get the ring, put the ring in the, in the whatever, the volcano. That's yeah. it. That's what the Lord of the Rings is. Basic. You know, okay, now you've got your idea. Now you go to, okay, how am I going to do that? And once you start that, you know, because you, you take a character, like usually what I do is, okay, the Matador, uh, like in our first book, Tango, the Matadors, he's in Guatemala. Okay, he's in Guatemala. He's there to fight a monster. Okay, well, who's he fighting with? He's fighting with the, you know, the people that live there. Okay, who are the people he's fighting with? And then, you know, your story grows and grows and grows and grows um and it's natural you know it's it's organic it's 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 the same way that you would you would wake up in the morning you'd leave your house you'd run into someone you'd do that you, you know what i mean that's yeah that's kind of how it um i don't know that's how i do it I don't know. no that works and you know like you said everyone yeah. has their own method i mean yeah for myself yeah. for i keep a notebook and pen next to my bed that way if i wake up because yeah my craziest ideas will come in the middle of the night. So yeah. I'll jump up and do that or I'll grab my phone. I've got a note app on my phone that I've got tons of little scraps of ideas in that eventually yeah, yeah, some yeah. someday I'll make into something. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to, and like you said, you know, you can't really write every day, but 
you don't have to write every day, really. I mean, as long as you're still, you know, you're reading or you're working something out in your head, you know, and Rich and I talked about how, you know, I've, I've got people who will sit and say, well, I've got this idea, but it needs to percolate in my brain a little bit longer. And it's like, well, you know, that you've been saying that for five years. I mean, you know, it's overcooked <laughs> at this point, man. So I mean, yeah, yeah. if you keep it in there for a little bit, you know, that makes sense, but you know, eventually got to get that out so you can start, you know, making that idea into something because you can't, really chop it into something new unless you know you actually look at it and then you can start you know reworking it how you want it to go and you know it may go in a completely different direction than how it was in your head but sometimes that's where you know writing you write where the writing takes you i mean i'm sure yeah, in your exactly. in your yeah, monster yeah. in your monster matador stories i'm sure you originally would start to sit down and write it one way and you know it'll take you in a totally different direction or you and and sometimes that's a yeah. better one sometimes it you know, makes you have to change the whole thing, but sometimes it ends up being for the better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, that's, that's definitely, um, uh, that's definitely true. Um, w w one of the things I, I, you know, you have to kind of learn as, as a writer is to let go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if it's an idea you love and something, you know, you, you just keep it, keep it for something else. Um, yeah. You know, there's always more stories to tell. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, writing Monster Matador, there have been, you know, I mean, obviously we, we do Kickstarter and Kickstarter uh, is, is a different type of kind of how you publish comics. It's not monthly, you know, we're doing two or three a year. Yeah. Uh, so, so really, you know, I've had to, you know, I kind of structure and adapt my stories to fit into that, to know that people are getting these um it's not a monthly thing so so it does change the way you write it just changed the way um at least for me how i would structure stories and sometimes there are ideas i really was kind of hoping for and you hit that spot in the story and you're like oh that's not really gonna work yeah um and you just try and you know you just go in the way that the story is pulling you um sure. but yeah a lot you know sometimes people do get stuck because they really, really want to go to a certain place and the story is just not letting them, you know? Um, but I'll, I'll, you know, I always, those ideas will, if they're good enough, you know, those ideas will always come back and, and, uh, and, and go somewhere else. Um, but that, that's like, that's really for me, like, that's like the real joy. And what I really love about writing is like, uh, it's that it's seeing where the story takes you. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I, I tend, um, I, I do outlines. I have, I have general ideas of where the stories go, but then I'm actually writing, uh, the next couple issues of, of Matador and, and, uh, the story went in a totally different direction than I thought it was going to. Um, it's still, it's still, and, and the thing is you still end up in the same place, but it's how you get there. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's, but it's, it works and it's fun. And it's, it's, it's actually like, um, you'll find that in the process of it, you tend to come up, I think, with the best ideas, you know? Yeah. Uh, because that's when you're really, that, that's when your brain is just kind of like doing its thing, right? Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of what I was mentioning, yeah. mentioning before is, yeah. you know, you have your outline for your idea where, you know, you've, yeah. got, you've got your point A and then you've got your point B, the ending, and you go in and start writing it, but then your point B now goes to point yeah. F. And it's yeah, a totally yeah, yeah. different way to go, but it still kind of gets you where you wanted to go anyway. So yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah. And, you, and you don't really get to generate that until you start working 
until you start getting it out of your body and it starts right you know getting your brain to work and kind of churn because your brain can only yeah. turn on ideas so much before you know you're not really getting anywhere but once you actually start right writing it out then it starts getting somewhere yeah all right well we've talked lots about monster matador um i know with monster matador i can't remember exactly who it was that turned me on to it in the first place i want to say it was don nigan i want to say it was him because okay Don oh no! Wynn. Go ahead. Don what? Don Win. Don Win. Okay. Thank I you. didn't know that. Don't don't <laughs> feel bad. I didn't. I didn't know. The first time I met him, I I said, "Hey, Don, uh, get, you know," and he he's like, "No, it's Don Win." Okay. So, thank you. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that <laughs> either. But and, and it's a common thing because of the way it's spelled. But yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I was talking yeah. to Don. And Don's great. I, I love Don. Um, and I was yeah, talking yeah. to Jessica uh, Mason about him a week ago. She's, and yeah. she, she was, I, I was talking about him and she's like, who? And then she's like, oh, Don. Yes, Don. He's incredible. But yeah, Don yeah. is so good about sharing everyone's stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, me as a fan, I love giant monsters. I love giant robots. So basically, Monster Matador is kind of like Pacific Rim without the giant robots, which makes yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. that much more interesting to me. So, yeah, you know, for you know, we've talked a lot about Monster Matador. For those who don't know what Monster Matador is, who have never heard of it before, um, why don't you give us a little bit about about what it is? Sure, it's a post-apocalyptic kaiju throwdown about a matador who fights monsters to make a better world for his his daughter, and uh, it is literally a matador who fights giant kaiju monsters um uh we don't have giant robots um we don't have uh whatever it's it's literally matador versus versus kaiju and that's that's kind of the fun of it and it's something it, it's a weird thing that uh people who read the book always come back and they're like oh it, it actually is a matador who's <laughs> fighting yeah. a giant kaiju uh but you know uh, what a matador does obviously in real life it's it's you know when they take out the bull it's all about precision uh, so with the matador fighting kaiju, part of the fun is 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 always finding you know how, how's he gonna how's he gonna find a way to like to like uh, to beat this thing, and uh, and uh, our first story Tango the Matadors and uh, and we did a follow up called Afropocalypse, which is basically a love letter to Predator, um, and uh, and we kind of set we, we kind of set up the world monster matador we set we set up the, the matador as a character we, sh we show you what he can do and uh right now we're doing a kickstarter for uh the latest series which is uh once upon some monsters in mexico and this is kind of uh in, in, a, in a way our, our empire start, strikes back it's kind of like a little darker we kind of really yeah. kind of put, put the matador through the ringer in this one mm -hmm. um and we open up the mythology. We start to open up the mythology of the world. Um, there's uh, we introduce monster fighting luchadors. Oh, that was my when that happened. Oh my uh, god, dude! <laughs> As being a huge wrestling fan too, when I yeah, saw yeah, the yeah. cars coming down with the luchadors, I was like, <laughs> "Yes, yeah." You can't you can't go you can't do a story about monster fighting and not. Uh, you know, pay tribute to uh, Santo, who's the great right. uh, Mexican luchador uh, uh, wrestler. Uh, but yeah, so it, it's fun. Like there, there's a lot, you know, 
it, obviously it's more than just a matador fighting monsters, but, uh, right. but yeah, there, there's a big, there's, there's, we start to open up the mythology of the world and it just gets crazier and crazier. And, and, and again, part of the fun is, um, is that, you know, in terms of kaiju stories, we've never really seen anything where it's people actually going up against monsters. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, you know, the luchadors, uh, you know, they, they kind of do, uh, one of the guys, Fabio Alves, who's our artist, he drew him. I mean, the guy is like so roided up. And then we had, uh, we have one who is a little person. So we have him do the, the Wolverine Colossus fastball special. Yeah. You know, at the Kaiju. So, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a wild, it's a wild book and, and we definitely have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. so excited. Tango was yeah. fantastic. Afropocalypse yeah. was amazing, and Once Upon Some Monsters in Mexico is so so good. And like every time yeah. I go into it, it's like okay. So when I first read it, I was like, "There's no way this dude is taking out these monsters," but then yeah, he <laughs> totally he totally does. But it's like that's the fun of it is every time seeing it right. How is he going to take out the monsters in this one? Because he's he's just a dude, and so just yeah, the yeah. fact just the fact that he's able to take down the monsters every time is is fantastic. Yeah. And it means it means a lot that, you know, uh, the response to it, because because ultimately you have to believe it. Right. Right. You have to believe that that he's doing that. So uh, we're doing something right, which is good. And, it, and it's 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 a concept that um, I, I think people are always surprised, like, oh, wow, you've actually figured out a way to, you know, to keep it uh, to keep it going. So it, it's yeah. uh, it, it's a it's a huge compliment that, that we're still doing this. And, and uh uh, people have enjoyed it as much as as much as they do because um, I can tell you that uh, uh, we all, myself, Fabio Alves, and Alex Zeff, who's our colorist, uh, have have such a great time uh, doing this book and and uh, and collaborating on it. They're they're always bugging me for for new scripts. <laughs> well, and that's so, the good part about it is not is not just about fighting monsters. You've got some great right. side stories in there as well. That and especially like yeah. you said with this new one um you know with the kids um i'm not going to spoil that much about this because people just need to go and yeah, back yeah, yeah. the kickstarter and read it but uh yeah yeah, and, just, yeah yeah just the fact that you've got all these other side stories that kind of tie in so it's not really just about the monsters but i mean but yeah. it is but it's not yeah yeah it's 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 yeah, and all those things connect into the world and and you know obviously we're doing the storyline that's uh, going through Mexico, so uh, we're going to explore some things uh, there. We're going to have uh, I, I have a kind of a I, I think I hope people will like it. It's a cool way to do chupacabras. Oh, nice! Uh, so you know, and and so so we play we play a lot with you know you'll see how this story go, goes along, but um, we do we 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 do little interesting twists on what on the monsters and, and and what they are and what they could be just to keep it fresh and interesting because i never want someone going into the book going okay he's just going and fighting a monster you know and that's kind of always the danger of a of a concept like this where you don't want it to be monster of the week right yeah. um even though i mean people just want to see the guy fighting monsters and you got to give people what they want but you also have to you also have to figure out a way to actually keep them coming back and keep it interesting enough that um that that they want to come back so yeah for sure and yeah. i'm you mentioned you're already writing the next couple of scripts which i'm 
grateful for because the way that you ended once upon a once upon some monsters in mexico i was like ah i need to know what happens next (laughs) you're very good thank you that that one the the next issue is actually drawn it's finished oh nice um i just got to get it colored and that one's got a little twist at the end and then i i i I like i want to get these issues out you know that's what (laughs) kills me about it yeah. But we have we have we have a major major uh the way this series ends is it's uh it it's going to be shocking. It's so, it's definitely Go ahead. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean it, it's definitely it it's fun coming up with those little twists because uh um yeah. I I, I don't want to spoil. <laughs> no, you're you're good. I don't want you to spoil it either. You're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so, but you know it's like I don't I know where it's going. Yeah. So when you say you know where the ending of the series is, are you talking about just the current one or are you talking about Monster Matador as a whole? No, 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 the current one. So this is, um, for lack of a better term, uh, this is our phase one. Okay. Um, And this is really, we're kind of, so, you know, Tango and Afropocalypse were basically, let's introduce the Matador to the world. Okay. Let's int- to the readers. Let's. This is who he is. This is what he does. Um, we give some hints about the, you know, the broader story, the outside world that exists outside of him. Um, you see, when he meets people in Afropocalypse, his reputation precedes him. You know, he's been doing this a little bit. Um, in this, uh, in this series, now we get, we start to build out now the mythology. We start to 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 lay the. The bricks, and what you'll see is as as the issues go on, as the stories opens up, you'll see things um, coming back from Tango all the way through, and be like, "Oh, okay, this is now the big picture, right?" Okay. And that'll be our first our first phase, and then after that, it's like you know the next phase. So I mean, I could keep this going, you know, forever, but but yeah, but there's definitely um, the way I chose to do it was kind of like the Hellboy model. Um, because of how Kickstarter is, I didn't want to just do, I, I wanted, so they're kind of like these small stories within the larger story and you could pick up any of these smaller stories and read them on their own. But if you wanted to, to read the whole thing, I just felt that was, um, uh, I don't know. I, I just felt that would work better instead of saying, here's this 24 issue series, you know? Um, but I, I, but on top of that, I also wanted to make sure I had complete stories. One of the things um, uh, I, I get asked a lot at conventions uh, because we now have our our volume one. Yes. Um, but when I would do Tango and I had the three issues or I had Afropocalypse, people would ask, is this the complete story? You know, um, they, they want to know that, you know, people want to get like a whole story at least from it. Right. Um, so, so at least that's something I could give them. Um, but I think that's, you know, that's a hard thing, especially with indie comics and with Kickstarter is that, you know, sometimes creators will have a big plan to get, you know, their story, but you know, it, it's some, somewhere along the line, something breaks in the process or something drops out where they're unable to finish the story. And I think that might right. be why, because just, you know, people, people don't like cliffhangers if they're not going to pay off anywhere, you it's, know? Yeah, it's tough. And I mean, we've been, I've been very lucky that um, we've, you know, we've had a consistent 
creative team throughout um, yeah. the book. You know, Fabio and Alex have been doing the book. Um, and uh, one of the things, you know, we talked a little about a bit about writing and how you tell a story and whether ideas change and whatnot. Um, you know, when I write like Tangle, the Matadors was three issues. Um, that was very specifically done so that um, because of how, you know, because I knew we we're kickstarting because we launched it during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but I knew we could get three issues out. And I think we did three issues, my God, like in a year, you know? Yeah, it was pretty quick. So it, I, and I really, and, and, you know, after I did the first one, I realized I, 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 you know, three issues is a lot in a year. Uh, three campaigns is a lot. And I, I didn't, I, I've been very kind of uh, conscious of, of doing kind of, you know, after apocalypse was 65 pages. We did that as a one shot. Um, Once upon some monsters in Mexico is going to be four issues. Um, this mega Racha story is two issues. And then it, so it's kind of like you get complete stories within the stories too. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, it is a challenge. Um, and I felt for a concept like this, people are not going to want to wait three years to get to him fighting the monster. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this is the kind of book where, you know, you want to hit the ground running. Uh, you want to see him kicking ass, you know, you want to see the story built out, but you want it, you know, this is action. This is like really, uh, you know, I love '80s action movies. I love that. I love that pace. I love that that craziness, the chaos. Yeah. Um. And 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 for Matador, you know, and I know also for a lot of kaiju, for people who love kaiju, you know, they're in it for the monster. So you yeah. know, it's. Uh. So I mean, I've had <laughs> people message me on kickstarter before they back the book and ask like hey does he really fight kaiju in here are there really monsters in here you know <laughs> because you know because i don't want to read a book about people talking about monsters i want to see some monster you know so so i've been very conscious about designing a book that um is there's a lot of character development there's a lot of character stuff there's a lot of story but it, it's a lot of it is told through the action yeah. Um, Tango of the Matadors introduces a lot of characters and, and if you actually all of those characters have an arc you know whether it's you know they all kind of start in a place and but it's all told through the action you know what I mean it never lets up you start you start that book uh, the Matadors being carried by the 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 Volagante the monster into the story like the readers mm -hmm. carried into the story and it's fight you know and it's boom and you're just you know for three issues it's headlong uh uh into the into the action um so yeah it's something that that i've been very uh i've been very conscious of and it's been very um you know in terms of how i i craft the stories and write the stories um i i really like to keep it to like three to four issues max this way people can really get the story in a uh in a reasonable amount of time um that and it sense. It does get, I mean, like I say, it does get frustrating sometimes when, um, you know, it's, I, I've talked to creators at signings and things like that, people who want to do books. And one guy was telling me, he's like, yeah, I've got this hundred issue story. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> I was like, no one, I mean, 
it's it's so rare these days. I mean, I, I don't know when the last time anyone was able to pull that off. Yeah. Um, Pat Shand will probably do it. He does Destiny in New York. I think he's he. I mean, he's he's done. He he do, he puts him out as like big thick trades, but he's got like probably fifty issues worth of that book already. But he's wow. been doing it, you know, through Kickstarter. Sure. Uh, from 20 i think from 2014 but again you know um creators you know uh and, and i always ask him i said do you have like a four issue story in there that you can <laughs> tell you know yeah because um because you know you, you you have to be realistic about about that stuff well, one thing you realize about kickstarter if you're doing three issues it's going to be about a year and a half to two years before you get your three issues out yeah um, and that's if you have a, a, an art team that is consistent, that is able to do the work, you know, sure. um, if you're doing six issues, it could be three years, four years, five years, you know, yeah. um, are you confident you can keep your readership going for that long, you know, with your concept, you know, uh, can you do it shorter? Can you do a one shot? Can you do, you know what I mean? Um, and uh so it's it's um yeah it's it, every every book is different you know um yeah and and every concept is different and, and you kind of have to be you really have to think about like you know what kind of story am i telling and 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 what kind of audience am i going for um yeah. uh and kickstarter audiences are great they will come back and they do they do um uh they are in it for the long haul if if um if you produce the work but i think one thing i always tell uh people is like at least in the beginning even if you have a big story try to get something that you can do for issues so that you know the sooner you can have a book you know this is this is so important to indie creators just to have a book because yeah. this is what when you go to conventions when you go to um signings if you want to pitch to publishers or whatever you know this is the thing that a lot of people are looking for because yeah. um especially from you know like i said from indie creators they go i don't know what i'm going to see you again so i don't know when i'm going to get the rest of the story yeah so you can if you can have something like this you know they're going to pick this up and then they're going to come back and they're going to start buying the singles and, and supporting you elsewhere. Because also this, you know, this shows that, uh, that you can do it right. That you, yeah. you can tell a full story. You've got, you know, you've got it. If you know, you want to go to a publisher, this tells a publisher that, okay, you can, uh, you know, you can actually tell a story with a beginning, middle and a cliffhanger right at the end. Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, so, you know, those are things that, uh, you always kind of try to take into consideration. Um, the other thing too, and I'll, I'll shut up after this is oh, you're, you're printing. Good. Is, is printing because uh, printing six issues is in a book is very expensive. Oh, I'm sure. Printing four issues is very expensive, but it's not as expensive. Um, and it's, it, it, you know, you can manage to keep your price point down to 20 bucks for a trade instead of, you know, 30 or what, you know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it, it's a lot easier sell to say, Hey, 20 bucks, you know, give it a chance. than is to say 30 bucks, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it, you know, uh, printing has gotten very expensive shipping, you know, when you're shipping your weight, you know, six issues in a book is going to weigh more than four. It, it's, you know, like, you know, there's so many things that as creators now, especially indie creators have to take into consideration um, when they're telling their stories. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I can, I can get the Kickstarter would be hard. I mean, I've never done one myself, but you yeah. know, when it comes to just, you know, sharing all the Kickstarters, if everyone has Kickstarters out, that's exhausting alone. I can only imagine. And, you know, like you said, it's hard with, Kickstarter, you know, you're lucky to get two or three a year, maybe, unless you're, you know, like yeah. those those crazy people like Frank Martin and Russell Nolte who have Kickstarters like every every couple of weeks, it seems yeah. like those yeah. guys are those guys yeah. are monsters. Yeah, and Frank does uh Frank does a lot of he has one going right now, uh, but he does yeah. a lot of one shots. He does a yeah. lot of one shots or I think two issues, which is which is I, I think, you know, if you're doing a lot of books a year, um unless you know you're at a level like charlie stickney um yeah where too. you've got this met you know this big audience you know i think what frank does is you know the one shots and stuff um it uh it, it's a good way to build the audience and if you have one book that's like a longer form that's that's great um, but if you're just starting three, four or five books every few months, issue number one, and then kind of waiting, which sometimes yeah. creators do, it, it, it can be a lot more challenging because, um, you know, you get your fans for one book and then you're doing another book and they're like, Hey dude, I want issue two of this. Yeah. But if you're doing a one shot, it, it's a different thing where you're like, okay, this is cool. This is like a bumper book. You know, this is something I can read while you're working on, on issue two, but uh you know everybody you know kickstarter is, is such a uh it's it's constantly evolving and and everybody's trying to figure out and 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 it really is a lot of trying to figure out your own niche and your own kind of place in there you know um like i said you know frank does uh frank does he does a bunch but he you know he's got his thing where he does his you know one shots and his and his shorter form stuff you know russell does novels and yeah and comics um you've got guys like uh charlie McElvey, who the spider squirrel who's building yep. out his uh his zion universe and he's got uh kickstarter for spider spider squirrel right going on right now which is yeah uh, a lot of fun i think it's the trade i think yeah uh laurie foster who's uh unlikely hero studios love uh, those publishes guys. a bunch of their, yeah but they all you know but everyone does their you know and they're more like a like a publishing house you know right mm -hmm. and they've got so so everyone does does things um different and you know as a creator you've got to figure out not only you know what am i going to do but what am i capable of doing yeah. you know uh because again too uh if you're printing books you're carrying stock right you know and um and it's you know for me you know there are other books i'd like to do but uh with monster matador uh a lot of it has to do with one keeping the momentum of the book going but also uh you know i've got fabio for three months and if i do another book 
I lose Fabio or I've got to wait another six months or a year before he's free again to do a book. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that is based on, because for me, it's like, as long, you know, the law, as long as I can keep this team together, I think it's awesome. That consistency is great. And, and, for sure. um, and they love doing the book. So there's, there's so many, <laughs> it's a lot, you know? Yeah. And, uh, uh um, yeah, it, it gets it gets pretty wild, and, and you know the more books you do, uh, you know you're doing three. I mean Charlie, who does Spider Squirrel, is is I mean he deals with uh, he has uh, writers, you know other writers. He's the main writer, but he has other yeah. writers. Mm-hmm. He's got a whole bunch of artists, and you know all those people need contracts. All those people need approvals. All those people need to so, and it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And and that's, you know, the one thing you find when you do a Kickstarter is that you're 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 a publisher, you're an independent publisher. Yeah. You know, and um a lot of my time is spent dealing with publishing stuff, you know. Uh when I printed when I printed the books, a lot of it was finding a printer and uh we had to um because of the paper shortages, uh, we actually, um, through uh, Richard Fragray, had found a printer in China that was doing uh, good printing. And we, I, I had been trying to print it in the US. Um, we wound up print, printing uh, the collection in, in China. And uh, then I'm dealing with uh, customs and, uh, you know, the, the boat that's coming wow. over with the books. Yeah. And then I get this huge pallet delivered. You know, I mean, it's just all this stuff that, and not to scare people away because it, it's it's not meant to be scary, but um, but it's just you know, it's it's it it, it it's a lot it, it it's a lot to sort of take into, and that's and that's the wonderful thing and the great thing about the the community of Kickstarters and the creator community is that everyone is is willing to help and everyone yeah is is there to offer advice. I mean. Um. Uh, all you know, it's we're not in competition with each other. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. in a sense, our books are, but like, you know, Monster Matador is not in competition with Spider Squirrel. Is not in competition with because the audiences are not the same. You know, right? Uh, it, you're not necessarily. You know, if I if I, and I've seen this sometimes, but you know, if I uh, promote someone else's book, that doesn't mean that that someone is. Oh well, I'm going to get their book instead of your book because my book might not be the book they're looking for. Right. But they might be looking for my friend's book, and that's great because, you know, a stronger community is 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 a more successful community. Absolutely. Um. So, and that's and it's it's really like I would not have I don't think any of us would be able to do this and really kind of continue to do it without the support of you know other creators. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I feel like I'm going definitely. on tangents. And nope, things, but... you're, you're totally <laughs> no. fine. No worries at all. All right. All right. Um, so one other question I wanted to ask you before we, before we yeah. close is um, when you're coming up with the stories for monster matador, how do you decide on the monsters you're going to use your, or your big bads, I guess. How do you, how do you decide on which monsters to use? Uh, okay. So I try to come up with something that is like, um, 
like specific to the place where the monsters are. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, you know, where the where the story takes place. Sure. Uh, so for ta so for Tangle, the Matadors is Guatemala, and they've got a. Uh, I forget what it was called now because it's so long ago, but it's like a giant black fly or something like that. Okay. So we did the Volagante, which is this massive. It's kind of like a Mothra esque fly, but yeah. Uh, the the twist is that she has all these little children that attack too. So he's not just fighting, <laughs> uh, the Volagante. Um, in Afropocalypse, it takes place in in South Africa, and I was kind of researching stuff there. And um, in the I think it was the eighteen hundreds. When they were building the railroads, there was uh, some like kind of myths, stories about zombies. Yeah, and it was called uh, Z Zidashane, something like that. Okay. So that's kind of where, um, and so it was always supposed to be. Um, so so then kind of came up with the thing of well, what's the monster that actually because the matador fighting zombies isn't enough. So what's the the, the monster that that creates the zombies, the bigger, the bigger monster. And, and uh, I was writing this as COVID hit and the twist became, well, how do you fight a virus? And okay. that's kind of where the monster from uh, Afropocalypse came from and how it developed. And um, the way that one ends sort of, you know, kind of ends in a way that uh, we'll see. We'll see. I have, that, that <laughs> I have makes sense. ideas. I do. Sure. And then this one, uh, you know, Mexico, there, there's a few, obviously I, you know, I mentioned we're going to have, you know, the Chupacabras, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, this giant, the mega racha, we call it is this giant cockroach. And obviously one of the, uh, famous, uh, you know, songs, the cultural songs is La Cucaracha. So I thought that would be kind of, uh, that would be kind of fun. So, so as I, I try to, I, I try to make it where it kind of makes sense to the place where they are and it's not just some random monster you know gotcha um and and, it, and that's part of the fun is kind of like you know doing the research into the, like the cultures or the uh you know the locations to see like how, how can how can we kind of pull from that and create something um as opposed to just doing you know okay it's a giant lizard or whatever you know because you can't do that because there's already a giant lizard and his name is godzilla you know <laughs> right you know, you, you're not, you know, so, so, so what I always try to do is I, I'll try to find some different little twists that I can add to the kaiju. Nice. Um, to, to keep it a little, a little new, a little fresh. So it's not just, uh, the thing that you've seen before because, um, you know, there's a lot of kaiju out there. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. So like with the Volagante, you know, we added her kids to it too. Nice. Uh, which is which is different that's that's a good twist um and so now we've been also been talking about you know you've got issue two and issue three coming um after we wrap up the kickstarter on once upon some monsters in mexico what's what's coming next issue two well we, um sorry yeah when oh, when yeah. <laughs> issue two is coming when when do you kind of plan on getting the kickstarter for issue two Oh, um, so, you know, the book is going to be ready. Um, so the October, uh, October, I think is too soon because uh, we'll probably be shipping the books ideally September, October. Okay. Um, so I'm probably looking at, because of the holidays, probably be looking at January 
Oh, nice. Um, this one, this this one, normally would have launched earlier. We would have done March, and then we would have had a book in in the fall, a little closer together. But because I'm doing San Diego Comic Con, um, I wanted it to kind of coincide with that. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, but you know, the books are. We've got about seven pages left to be colored on this one. It'll be it'll be done by the time the campaign's over. Uh, Alex has, has had to take a little break. Um, but, you know, um, uh, the printer is ready to go. And uh, we actually have, you know, we got we have like uh, different like little extras, extra rewards this time. Uh, like this. Uh, I can't get it out. The shock line. <laughs> thing but these are already um these are already done so it's uh those look awesome uh so i mean but so these are ready so like we are you know once we get the books which takes um takes a couple weeks um we're we're, you know we're ready to ship we've got everything nice uh we've got everything in hand i i always i always i always make it a point to have um the book done or at least like you know, pretty much there by, you know, when the Kickstarter starts or ends, uh, nice. because I, I, you know, there's always some things that can come up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I just, and for me too, the anxiety of knowing I have to get these books out mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's so much like, uh, uh, there's the anxiety of like, you know, okay, now you've got everybody's money. <laughs> now it's like, I don't want to sit on it for too long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I I just want to get the books packed and out there and everyone has their book. They're happy, you know, and I don't have to worry about, um, you know, uh, when's this coming? When's this being shipped? When's this going to be done? So, and, and we're lucky we've been able to do that. Um, so. Very nice. Yeah. All right. So last question. Um, what's some advice that you give to some up and coming creators? Just advice that you would give to, to help them in their journey. Get a real job. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no, I, you know, look, this is like anything you have to have uh, a passion for it. You really have to want to do this. And, you know, we've talked about a lot of this stuff in the interview already, right? I talked about all the stuff that goes into publishing a Kickstarter, uh, you know, the printing, uh, the promotion, um, you know, following up on your artists, your, you know, working with your artists, all this, all this stuff that goes into it, you know, that's all part of the process. Even if you're working for a publisher, you're going to have, you know, they expect you to do your own promotion. They expect you to do your own stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I Kickstarter is a great way to do this um, because uh, there is not a lot of money in this. Okay. Um, you, you're not, it, it's, you're not going to be, uh, it's very difficult to make a career doing comics. One that is uh, sustainable and that will, you know, uh you know pay your rent and and all the other things that you need um and and that and and that's the harsh reality of any creative industry um you might win the lottery and get lucky and you know your thing can take off but and and i I don't 
say this to push people off it or not to do it, but it, what I mean is that you have to be committed to it. You know, it can't just be a hobby. It can't just be like, Oh yeah, I want to do this. And then, because it's, it's, it's a lot of work um, for very little monetary reward. Okay. And so you have to be okay with that and you have yeah. to accept that and you have to like, you have, this has to be something that is inside you. Right. Right. Uh, that you really need to get out there and do um, because it's hard, but it's worth it. It's worth it. If, yeah. if, if you're passionate about it, it's worth it. If you love it, it's worth it. It's worth it. If you have a vision for something, it's worth it. If you have something to say. And um, as I say this, my advice is to not be intimidated by that, you know? Okay. And um, you will know because uh, a lot of people are going to tell you no. A lot of people are going to tell you that you're you don't, not to waste your time. Creative, creative pursuits are weird. If I told uh, you or people, you know, if I, not you, but if I told people, hey, I'm going to start a jalapeno company and I'm going to take out a $200,000 loan and, and we're going to, or whatever, a pillowcase company and blah, blah, blah. People would be like, hey, you're an entrepreneur. You should be on Shark Tank. Good for you. You know, go, go, go. But if you tell people, hey, I'm going to follow my dream and make a comic book, they're going to tell you, why are you wasting your life? Why are you wasting your time? Right? Why are you wasting your time? You're, there's, you can't do that. That's you know. But you're the same kind of entrepreneur. You know, you're an entrepreneur. I run a business. You know, I mean, that's how you make money. You know, that's I'm packing books. I'm working with printers. I'm I'm paying artists. I'm doing all this stuff. You're an entrepreneur. Right. But people don't. But when you talk about it as in a creative pursuit, you know, there's a disconnect with people, right? yeah um and you have to be ready for that but that but that really what it is you know um and if you want to if, if you want a uh a mainstream career if you want to you know try to get to work for marvel or dc you know kickstarter is a great place to start um because that's you know there's so much competition today yeah. you know 30 years ago you could be you could publish one comic you could and you would probably get picked up or at least get an interview because it showed that you can actually, you know, write a comic. I mean, a lot of people got their start 30 years ago by just doing one indie book because there was such a dearth of talent that, you yeah. know, coming in. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of talent. And, you know, Kickstarter is a great way to get noticed. It's a great way to get your idea out there. It's a great way to have control of your idea. Um, a lot of books uh, get picked up off of Kickstarter. Um, if, if that's what you want, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, but do it, but you have to be you have to be honest with, with yourself and you have to be realistic with yourself um that uh it there's a lot that goes into it you know yeah so really you, you can't be, you can't get into it for the money because if you're getting it into it for the money you're getting into it for the wrong reasons you have to really really want to do it 
just for the even, sake of doing it. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, or just for hey, I have this story I want to tell, but right. It's it's there's so it's so much more than that. It's you know, um that that's just the world we live in now. That's just right. the, the the trade-off for having all these uh for for publishing and all these things being democratized, meaning now anyone can do it. The trade-off is that we no longer live in a world where a publisher is going to, you know, publish you and pay you and, you know, carry your career. And, and you know what I mean? It's, it's a very different yeah. kind of world. I mean, you, you really, you really have to do it yourself. Right. Um, you know, the days of going to conventions and, you know, just getting picked up by Marvel or whatever, you know, they, they want to see you do the work. One of my friends is, uh, uh, and I think, you know, Dave Pepos. Kind of, um, sort of. Kind of. Okay. Uh, Dave does Savage. He just did Savage Avengers. Uh, he's doing a Moon Knight book for Marvel. He started uh, with Action Lab. Uh, he did a small indie book called Spencer and Locke. Um, he did a book for Aftershock uh scouts honor he did a couple other books he did a kickstarter book the oz and he got on people's radars doing that and you know he worked his way up and and you know he got a marvel gig which is what he had always that was his goal you know but it was a it was a long road you know and it yeah. wasn't just hey i'm gonna go work at marvel you know because right. here i can write you know you have to show you know um you have to show Marvel that you can do it because the way these businesses are run today, um, they don't have the luxury of taking a chance on someone anymore. Right. Um, because they don't sell enough books, you know, individual books mm. to take chances on people. You know, back in the day, they used to do those annuals where you'd have like, that's where it would be the kind of, uh, the trying ground for new talent and stuff like that. That doesn't exist anymore. The, you know, the trying ground for new talent is Kickstarter. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's smaller companies. So, so go for it, but, you know, um, be honest with, 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 with why you're doing it because it's, 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 it, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. It's, it's, it can be a lot of anxiety and, you know, no one is a you know, most people are really are not going to understand why you're doing it. Yeah. You just got to do it for you sometimes. Right. Um, yeah. You've just got to do it to you. It's, you know, it's the reason why you do these podcasts and you do your things. It's, it's just, it's a need. Um, and it, and it's, 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 it's necessary to, to express for your, you know, healthy state of mind to be able to kind of, um, you know, to have these outlets for ourselves, to tell these stories, to um, to have these creative outlets. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you know, I I do this podcast and another one, and I don't expect any payout or money for it right. ever. But yeah, yeah. you know, I like you know, I mean, we're and you and I are creating a conversational story, not in you know the mm -hmm. the the typical sense of you know writing out a story right. or creating a conversation which which right. you know is is fantastic so yeah just right. being able to reach out and talk to people is still it's and getting the stories behind the stories because you know um something that i really am into the one of the things that i guess fuels my weird is 
you know, if I hear about a story, I want to hear the background of the story, how you came up with the story, you know, what mm-hmm. went into creating the story or even coming up with the idea in the first place. That's, that's something yeah. that I really enjoy. So you can't get that really. I mean, you can get it to a point, you know, by writing it out or chatting about it online, but really you can, it's different making that connection with a person, you know, and that's, you know, the the awesome thing about Zoom calls is, you know, I live very far away from where you live. Um, and there's a chance we might not ever meet in person, but we can meet online and we can talk about this kind of stuff online. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things too, is that you'll start to see that everyone has the same advice. Everyone has the same story. Everyone has the same thing, you know? Um, and, 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 you know, and, and that's, you know, uh, that's, like I said, that's a nice thing about, you know, the creator community is that. People yeah. are willing to help. People will help. You know, I mean, like, I, I mean, I remember when I met you, uh, you were starting that wrestling podcast. And I think I introduced you to Ryland. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how we, because I'm I'm not like a big wrestling guy, but I was like, oh, well, Ryland's a, you know, a big wrestling guy. Uh, Ryland Grant is is another, uh, for people uh, watching, listening, is is, a, is another uh, writer. He does a book called Banjax and the Jump. Um, and, uh one last thing I'll say about it, it, you know, if you have a comic shop in your, in your neighborhood or, or even, you know, there's those websites meet up or whatever. Um, I met a bunch of creators. There used to be a store out here. I'm in LA called meltdown comics and they used to have creating comics classes. And um, I did uh, story workshops and I met Ryland Grant. I met Carlo Nappi who does uh duplicant. I met, uh, uh oh my god i just saw him last week um <laughs> tony uh i'm i'm so tony fabro who does um three panel crimes uh and you know we've we've kind of you know we've we've been friends now for almost almost 10 years and um i you know ryland uh started doing panels at conventions and uh, he did a panel on indie creators and uh, he invited me to do that. I met Dave Schrader, who's a good friend of mine who uh, I'm writing something with right now. Um, but, you know, you know, your community builds, but uh, yeah. there's a store here called the comic bug that has a, a sketchy bug, which is a group of comic artists and writers. And, and the point being is that if you want to do this, it's so important to have a community, people who know, who understand what you're doing, who support you. Yeah. And, um, you know, you'd be surprised how many people are, you know, in the same boat as you who just want to do the thing and having people around you who want to do the thing motivates you to do the thing. I can tell you, I wouldn't be doing this book. I wouldn't be continuing to do this if I didn't have like, um, you know, all these creators uh, lifting me up in the background. Yeah. And and helping me out because, you know, there are days when you're just like, why, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's just not. And, and then someone will make a comment. I I did a show uh, convention and someone who I saw uh, last year came back this year and he, and he came up to me and he said, Hey, you know, I was looking for you. He, he was like, I just, uh, you know, what's new with monster matador. I just want to tell you, this was my favorite thing that I got at the show last year. And I've been waiting to come back this year to see you. That's awesome. 
to get. And my, <laughs> I was I was at a table with uh, Eddie D'Angelini, who's an, who's another creator. Uh, and I remember after I talked to the guy, he left. I was like, "Fuck! Now I have to keep doing this." You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's you know. But those are the things that yeah. That's that's the fuel, and you know, and, and as you do it, um, uh, you know, you'll find those people, and, and people are are people want to support you. That that's really the, the thing that um, that Kickstarter shows that you know when you have your book printed and and you reach out to your comic shop and and they let you do a signing or whatever, you know, um, it, it's it's really cool to see that yeah, you know, people really are interested in in supporting you and and, and taking a chance on you and yeah uh and, and all that stuff so so it is it is worth it because you will get that reward you know you just might not be sitting on a pile of money yeah for sure i mean yeah. you know like you said you know when i you know back around the covid times you know i was wanting to get creative and start doing stuff and yeah my current crop of the things i was doing on social media wasn't conducive to that so i wanted to reach out to find people who were doing stuff who would maybe help inspire me so that's why i found you that's why i found don win yeah, yeah. you know chad perkins um as much as we like to to rag on chad, oh, chad. <laughs> <laughs> as much as we like to rag on chad um don't get me started it's a whole other podcast right i i i love that guy i can't say yeah. enough nice things about him even though lots of people like to to, to rag on that guy but you know, you've got, you know, the Morgan Iversons and the Danny Quicks, and I'm going to name drop a bunch of people because, and yeah, Kyron yeah. Silva, I mean, these guys and yourself, you know, these guys are all doing the stuff and it was very good inspiration for me to bring me up and keep doing it. And you're, you're one of the people that has supported me through all of my crazy nerd projects on the internet. Um, Some aren't here anymore, but you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's more than about the money. It's about the support and the feeling that there's people out yeah. there that want to support you and want you to succeed and, and want you to do the thing. So you may not be sitting on a pile of money and might not be super successful, right. but you've got people out there that are, that are rooting for you and that, that can be more valuable than money sometimes. Yeah. And it mean, like, and, you know, like you say, it means so much that, you know, we have people like you, uh, you know, the Blake Morgans and, and, yeah. and all those people who, who really, uh, you know, who take the time uh, to do these interviews with us because we wouldn't, you know, we need it because no one else wants to do us, you know what I mean? So it, it means so much to us to have that outlet and that voice and, 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 you know, people find us through these things all the time. And, and that's, and that, that's really, uh, it's, it's a huge, huge, uh, um, it means a lot, you know, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it gives us, um, you know, access beyond where we usually would, you know, it, it allows us to reach out uh, to people we wouldn't normally uh, get to reach out to. So, yeah, I mean, and with my original project nerds week, it was something that I wanted to do to bring indie creators to a platform where, you know, people who wouldn't normally see them will see them because you know, I've got right. friends that are interested in a lot of things I'm interested in. So like, Oh, you like this, you should check out Don stuff. Yeah. Because Pablo, the gorilla is something I very much want to talk about. And uh, you know, you you're into giant monsters. Hey, check out Steve's monster matador. Cause right, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And you know, the bit, you know, the big two get enough attention from 
Yeah, yeah. Literally everybody. So there's <laughs> yeah. all these guys out here that are doing amazing things that yeah. don't get the attention they yeah. need. And, you know, trying to do that by yourself is, is a daunting task. And so, you know, I've hooked up with these guys at Geek Network and, you know, they have the same kind of passion that I do. So it's cool that, you know, right. that we can finally start getting the indie creators the attention they deserve. And they yeah, yeah. definitely have earned. And, you know, I've just recently met Blake and Blake is a fantastic guy and he's got the same Blake. kind of passion. So, you yeah. know, it's it's awesome that, you know, we're starting yeah, yeah. to get that network of not necessarily creators in the standard sense or the traditional sense of, you know, getting stories right. out there, but we're getting the stories of the people making the stories out there. So it's cool right. that we're finally starting to get a, a community, you know, of, of guys like me and like Blake that are trying to help you yeah. guys get, get the word out there for you guys. Because like I said, the, the big two get more than enough attention. It's time to start bringing attention to the little guys. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um let's give you a minute to plug yourself you know you've mentioned you're going to be at san diego comic-con when you know where can other people who don't already know where can they follow you online to get all the updates on everything monster matador so i'm monster matador on uh twitter threads now i guess instagram facebook um just at monster matador whatever um uh monstermatador.com and uh right now through august 10th we have a kickstarter for monster matador once upon some monsters in mexico um but uh i am i i've got i I, i've cornered the monster matador uh social media (laughs) market nice and i love how you have the same you have the same opinion of threads as i think everyone else i've talked to threads i guess (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 uh, I, I'm not gonna go on a rant. Twitter has been challenging. Yeah, uh, to say the least. It's it's just the uh, the platforms have, have changed. You know, the reach, yeah. the ability to reach audience has changed on all these platforms. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, Threads. I don't know. Um, we're all looking for that next. Yeah. How are we gonna? For sure. And uh, the the social media companies seem intent on doing everything they can not to allow people to reach yeah. their audiences. So it's so, and, and that's what makes things like this and the success of you know shows like yours so important is because uh, you know this is really the best way I think, and and I, I you know to reach people because we get to kind of really, as opposed to just you know forty second you know, Hey, buy my book. We could actually talk about, uh, we could actually talk about our books and not have to constantly be like, Hey, buy my book all the time. Yeah. Cause I mean, the algorithms on social media are awful now. And so, yeah, you know, yeah, it's awful. For, you know, the, they create all these new social medias where they say, Oh, the algorithm's not a thing, but then eventually the algorithm is a thing. Yeah. And then hopefully, you know, yeah. you know, when we share links for videos like this, the algorithm won't be a thing ever so we'll just hope that hope right. that works out right yeah yeah all right well uh to get stuff like this uh other past episodes of the podcast other reviews and other bits of nerd news make sure you check out our site at geek-network.com uh, you can find us on instagram and twitter at geeks az you can find us on facebook at geek network um and we're on blue sky now 
so you can find us on blue sky at geek network um cd is weird on instagram that's where you'll find me uh the music for the show is by polygon horizon it's they're a great band um my friend chris is in that band he's a great guy so go check them out on Bandcamp. uh the logos are done for the show are done by my friends chris chandler and mike belcher you can find chris at chandler doma on instagram and twitter mike is on instagram i think i have these mixed up oh right here <laughs> my at mike w mike w belcher one on twitter mike w underscore belcher on instagram um they're great guys go check them out and if you like the show please leave a review and tell your friends word of mouth is our friend and remember kids to embrace the things that fuel your weird and always geek responsibly steve thanks so much for meeting with me excuse me with meeting with me today yeah thanks for having me it's great nice to meet you.